podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, very pleased to be uh, joined by my fellow cricketing aficionado, Salman Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. How are you? Hi, Dan. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, all right. Um, also pleased to welcome a debutante um, from Actonians Cricket Club, Matt Robinson. Welcome on board, Matt. G'day there, Dan. Nice to be here. Great to have you, Matt. And for those for those who don't know, um, Matt um, does regular reviews for the MCCL website of Life in Division Four, uh, and we'll be talking to him a little bit about about that later on in this pod. Um, Sal also does regular reviews of the of the Premier League. So if you've not seen them, there's, there's normally a write up that goes on the MCCL website within a couple of days of games taking place. Um, for the record, I do one of Division Two um, and. Sahil Kier of uh, Acton does, does Division 3. So if you want to read a bit more about the MCCL, then uh, that's a decent place to start. Now, um, last weekend, week two of the 2020 season, um, I think I tempted fate, fellas, because I remember saying last week that um, you know, it was great to be back and the cricketing gods were shining on us with a fantastic sort of you know, weekend of weather. Well, that didn't last long, obviously, um, because cause the rain came this week and... We got some results, but not many, and not many at all anywhere near the Premier League, Sal, right? Do you want to kick us off there? What happened in the Premier League? Yeah, complete contrast, Dan, as you mentioned, from last week to this week. Um, so, no games completed, unfortunately, but there was some good action that did take place. Uh, the game I was watching was Crouch and North Middlesex, which could have been a really exciting finish in Indiana, I'd imagine, because uh, North Middlesex were going to be chasing what looked like very competitive Toast Hall against Crouch End, who posted... Uh, just over 200 of, of 47 overs. Star of the show was um, Darvon Narratum, who scored a fantastic 94 not out. Uh, I must add that in saying that in, it would have been a tough chase because having looked back at Crouch and stats, only one team has chased over 200 runs in the last two years there. So it would have mm. been a very challenging total to, to get, especially with their, with their spin attack. What sort uh, of side did North Mid have out there, Sal? Did they, did they have yeah, the they full batting lineup, as it were? Yeah, I mean, the top six were as strong as it'll get, you know. Um, Cracknell, Holman, Evan, Evan Flowers, James Parslow, um, Tom Nickel was playing, uh, Van, der, Van der Spar. So, yeah, it was, mm. you know, the, the usual guys were there. So, yep. it would be a fascinating game second half if we got some action, but unfortunately, that was not the case. And as you said earlier on, that was a, that was a case which was obviously similar in other games as well this, this, this weekend. Uh, you, you guys went over to Ealing, obviously. It was a... Um, Again, under strength in terms of your, your personnel, what you'll be put out. But I think you guys did well to get to 188 from what it looks like. It wasn't probably the easiest wicket. Um, you know, Ealing obviously were, were very strong, as Eugene found out, playing against a team attacking the twos. Yep. And again, that would have been a fascinating game. And obviously, Hampton back in a bit of form. I mean, we'll come back to that later on. And the two other games with Finchley, Finchley playing Bronsby, uh, Finchley 135 for 8 or 45. We can, we, again, we we just can't tell can we the conditions. Is that a good score? Is that below par score? What would have happened in the second half? Um, Richard were indebted to Tom Lace from Middlesex, who you know scored a lot, uh, quite a bulk of their runs in their game against Teddington. So all in all, some sort of conundrums in what could have happened next, or um, you know how how would the games have finished if if we got, we got four games in? 
Um, but yeah, again, at least we got some some overs in it before the heavens opened up and and washed away any forms of cricket at all. Uh, yeah, I know you were going to mention Shepherd's Bush. Obviously, you've got some knowledge around some of their Shropshire guys. But I mean, Hampstead back in a bit of form, one seventy three for three or thirty four, looking like they would have post probably two fifty plus. I imagine which would be would have been a tough chase for Shepherd's Bush. Uh, but yeah, all in all, some some you know some games to whet the appetite for the next few weeks, definitely. There were a few tantalisers there, weren't there? I mean, I think Hampstead Shepherd's Bush is one that caught my eye. Um, Shepherd's Bush have, have, have recruited heavily from, you know, from God's County, Shropshire, and um, they've, they've recruited well. They were, we're talking boys who've been involved in winning the national knockout with Shrewsbury. So, um, you know, Steve Barnard, a serious bowler from a serious mm. cricketing family. Um, and I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they get on. I, I think they're building, they're building a pretty strong unit. I'm not going to be bold enough to say that, that they'll be winning the league next year or anything, but... Um, but I, I do, I do think Shepherd's Bush are, are one to one to watch. But Hampstead were in a great place, weren't they? Actually, on on Saturday, they they, they put up a decent total, and and I, I think it would have been an interesting barometer of where we are for this season. Um, had you know had Shea Boo had a chance to, to to chase that down, but I think that I think they want to watch the Shropshire connection is strong, and I think they've built um, a, a a really strong you know sort of base there from from which to from which to build. Um, I've always, I've always felt sorry to drop you, Shepherd's Bush that. They haven't really replaced Dexter Marsh in terms of. I mean, obviously, he was an overseas player, so it's hard to get players of his calibre over every single year. Um, I always felt they're lacking a, a real out and out, out and out strike bowler. I know they've got Steve Barnard, who doesn't play all the time. He's had a few injuries, and he's mm. sort of, um, you know, he's obviously quite a popular guy from the sounds of it. He attended weddings, etc. From what his captain told me, um, if he played a whole season, then they definitely could be a side. To watch because their batting's definitely improved. They've got young Idris Otto Mian, who's he's really come through, hasn't he? Yeah, yep. Um, so I think if they can add a real good, you know, potent strike bowler to their attack, the spin options are, you know, in abundance. Really, he's got some fantastic spin bowlers there. Andrew has. So if they could have, um, you know, strike bowler, I know Matt might elaborate. This. They've got the guy from from your club, Matt, isn't it? Um, is it Bailey? Surname is it? Um, yeah, Ramon Bailey. He, yeah, he he um he come through our cult system at Actonians. Um. Yeah, he's a, he's a young guy. He's at, at Loughborough University, left arm fast bowler, big tall fella, about six foot five. Um, yes, yeah, bowls diff, tricky angles, and um, yeah, he I think he'll do well up in uh, in the Premier Division. I hope he does. Mm. Six foot five. Paul Smith said to me not so long ago that you can't you can't coach height. Um, you've either got that or yeah. you haven't. And six foot five, if you're if you're a bowler, wants to push it through, that, that that's not a disadvantage. I think that that's that's something that you know. Is, is going to stand him in good stead because you know we, we know a lot of bowlers get get the ball in awkward places when it's um, when when they're bringing it down from that that height. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask you one question about about Tom Lace and about the Middlesex players. I see Steve Eskenazi played again for for um, Stanmore in Division Two. Um, but if I got this right, these guys are probably going to be off on Middlesex duty quite soon. Is that is that the way you see it? Are we going to see as much of them in the next couple of weeks? Well, I know there was a two day game that took place. I think well due to take place, obviously whether may have got involved in again that. Sorry, we were playing with at the Oval, I think, the last two days. I know there was a warm game last week. I mean, you'd think these guys will be getting some action, but it all depends on, you know, how much first-team cricket they're going to play, or is it going to be lots of twos cricket? What's going to be their commitments in terms of the next few weeks of what the calendar looks like for, for Middlesex and, mm. you know, obviously, any form of cricket? But, yeah, I mean, you'd think he'll be getting some, some games. Uh, again, I'm sure Middlesex are encouraging their batsmen to get out there and get as much time at the crease as they can. Obviously, John Simpson played again this weekend. As you mentioned, Tom Lace, Nick Gubbins, uh, Eskenazi. So it's all the batsmen are getting some time 
in the middle, um, preparing for for the new season. Um, just quickly before we move on to Division Two, just a quick um, mm. point to highlight. Obviously, Finchie have been deducted five points um, mm. and minus four. From what I've been told, it's just an unfortunate admin error. There's no real malice involved in what's happened there. So you know, I'm sure, you know, the person who's done that has held their hands up, and you know, we can move on from that. Hopefully, well, it happens, mate. I'm the I'm the registration. Um, officer at Twickenham and believe me it's, these are easy mistakes to make so I've got an awful lot of sympathy when you, you play somebody because you assume I mean you know I totally understand why that's not a defence but at the same time you know we're all human beings mistakes do happen so yeah commiserations to, to Finchley there but the moral of the story is you know make sure and then make sure again and then make sure again at about nine o'clock on Saturday morning that all your players are registered because sort of rules you, you've either got to enforce them or you don't you know it's either a case of um, you know you're never half pregnant Sal as, as, Someone once said to me, you either are or you're not. You're not a bit pregnant. So it, given that, um, yeah, tough one. But of course, in the bigger picture, you know, there's no, no relegation this season, no promotion. So, so you know, hopefully Finchley will just, just, just move on as, as, as any other club would. Just quickly about Ealing. Yeah, you, you mentioned um, that we were at Ealing. Yeah, we, we, we struggled a little bit in the, in the first 20 overs, but a few of our guys dug in uh, and we were 188 um, um, when the rains came. And you mentioned Eugene. That's really why I brought this up. Eugene Burgess, everyone will know, who's, who's always in the background of our podcast. He, he's the man who actually knows how it all works. Um, poor old Eugene got, got pinned in, in the twos. Um, and uh, it was he got pinned in, in full pitch vision glory. So if anyone wants to see poor old Eugene get... Uh, Get 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 a bit of a bit, um, some bruised ribs. Then go to the Twickenham CC feed, and you'll, you'll see. It. He did uh, he did get one that was pretty nasty, but he, he's okay. He's surviving, and um, he'll no doubt be back uh, back again next week. Um, moving forward, Tyler, I wanted to ask you next week fixtures that caught your eye. Well, the one that stands out is obviously Ealing and Crouch End. Um, obviously, you mentioned Ealing playing against you guys, and I had a few words about Crouch End. I think fascinating game. Uh, I think just crouching one of them sides from what when I watch them, they've got no fear. They don't they don't fear anyone. I don't think they don't go with any you know apprehensions about who they're playing against. They're all good young cricketers, uh, well led, uh, good sort of variable attack in their bowling. And, and I mean I, I mean I can count you know more than five six occasions where they've actually been five six down and they've really knuckled down. And there's depth in that side as well. So they're never down and out. They're never beaten. Uh, so that'd be a fascinating game. Obviously, we know Ealing, you know, they've been there, seen it, done it. So it'd be, it'd be a great test for Crouch End. Um, I think it yeah. could be a really real close game in the end. Um, yeah. Depends on obviously availability and who's available for both sides. Um, but yeah, it, it, that can definitely be one, definitely one to watch next weekend. And obviously, Tellington yeah. um, have got a fixture as well where they're, they're, they're taking on and they're taking on uh, definitely, um, North Wales. So last champion, yeah. yeah. So that'd be a good game as well. So if the Middlesex yeah. boys are ready for that game, that could be real uh, sort of, um, you know, deal between the, the, yeah. yeah, exactly, <laughs> between the Middlesex boys against each other. Who comes out on top? I think Tellington again at home will fancy their chances. Uh, North Middlesex will go there, obviously, with a strong side. Um, yeah, so again, so it's obviously with just nine weeks of cricket, I imagine every weekend we have some mouth-watering clashes coming up. Absolutely. And, and for those who are not um, playing cricket themselves at the weekend, um, you'll be able to see Ealing v Crouch End on, um, they live stream all their games at Pitch Vision. And this, this is one of those, I found this at the weekend because I, I, I turned out for our threes. We played on Sunday, so I had the test match on the TV. I had Ealing 1s v Twickenham 1 live stream on my MacBook and I had uh, Ealing 2s v Twickenham 2s on the green because we use Pitch Vision on my iPad and, and, and my good lady wife came in and sort of, you know, what on, you can do anything else today other than watch as much cricket as you possibly can. So if you want to, if you want to see these live, these games live folks, they are there. 
And um, I, I, I think the quality of the product is really good. So, um, yeah, if, if you're out and about, then even CrateGen on, on the phone is, is definitely something to, um, to, to consider. Divisions two and three, right. Well, if we move on to those, not, not a great deal to, to, to keep us, to be honest. Um, there were 10 games in Divisions two and three, uh, 10 no results. So the, the pattern was continu- uh, continued there. Um, not too many sides got, got that near um, results either, if I'm being brutally honest. Certainly in Division 2, um, w- one of the, the things that I noticed was that um, Enfield gave, gave it a good go. Um, Enfield were playing Brentham, and Brentham were 212 for 9 uh, off their 45. And, and Enfield went out there and had, had a whack, but they were 62 for 1. Uh, off only nine overs, so so that was that was one point each, and that's the only game that got into the second innings. Um, Hornsey hundred and eighty all out against Harrison Marys. Um, I think Harrison Marys might have fancied the chances there, but Hornsey are not a bad bowling side, so um, would have been an interesting one. Acton um, two thirty five all out against Highgate. I know Sahil here got um, got a few. He went a bit bit boundary bonkers, and he got seventy odd reasonably quickly there for for Acton. Um, Stanmore Osterley 137 for four. Stanmore off 35, so they had a nice base. With Eskenazi, was 50 odd not eight when when the rains came. Uh, and then finally Winchmore Hill, uh, they really were in a strong position, 177 for five, uh, but still 177 with 31 overs down. So that was against Wembley. They would probably have backed themselves to have got the best part of 270, and and that might well have been a, a tough one for Wembley to chase. Doesn't matter though. One point, one point all round. Division three, not dissimilar. No need to, to take too much time on these. Um, uh, we, we had a few, a few decent efforts. South Hampstead got 276 against um, South, Southgate off their 45, an imposing total. Um, Barnes, 178 for four against Uxbridge. Again, not a bad position at all to be in with uh, seven or so overs left. Um, MT SSC, 206 for nine against Wickham House with um, best part of 10 overs still to go. So, uh, they'd have been looking, you know, maybe 280-ish. Um, and East Coast, strong position against Indian Gym, 243 for six. But all, um, and, and North London, sorry, I should, should have mentioned North London there, Sal, but North London played Harrow. They probably would have fancied chasing 164, right? That was the total that Harrow set. But um, I guess you never got out on the field, Sal, right? No, yeah, I think, having watched the first things, I think they thought they had a chance definitely in that game. Just to mention quickly, Dan, before we move on, obviously, yeah. you mentioned James Hunt last week. Obviously, he was inspired by your words yeah. of his uh, well, fantastic, and he also got a 50. I know, obviously, you, you are the man. Um, he got 50 <laughs> for, for, for acting as well against Highgate on Saturday, so obviously, he still had it, rolling back the years, but the guys are still, yeah. he's still a class act, so mentioned for him as well in, in his in his innings uh, act and yeah. against Highgate. And I'm sure if he were this, if, if he were in this conversation he would remind you it was fifty not eight, so fifty not eight. It was a red inker. Yeah. So I'm well, sure I'm that sure would have got a watch it from him right now, won't he? Yeah. I mean James Hunt, you know, fair play to him. He keeps on going. All good. Moving forward, just look at some of the fixtures. Um personally Stanmore the Harrison Marys catches the eye in division two. Um both won in week one. And I have a feeling that both are going to be at the business end of the table. Um, at the other end, Brentham v Osterley might be worth watching as well. I think Osterley might be too strong for Brentham, but both of them have had relatively tough starts. So uh, they'll, they'll no doubt be um, looking to get up and running. Division three, well, East Coast, North London, Sal, that does, to me, I mean, you don't get six pointers in, in, in July or August. said that before. You get them right at the end with two or three games to go. But East Coast v North London, you, I guess you guys are pretty confident, right? Definitely, yeah. As I said, the club's in a good, healthy spirit at the moment. Uh, availability is good from what I've been told as well by the captain. So, yeah, they're, they're looking forward to that trip over to East Coast. 
for again again a game against a you know a very talented world drill side. So that should be a really interesting game to to see us off in Division Three. Yep, follow that with interest. I should say Southampton to be Wickham House as well. Two sides have also you know done well at the start of the season, and I you know I always think Southampton and Wickham House score runs. So if if it's a reasonable wicket, it could be a bit of a you know, a bit, bit of a shootout there too. But we will see. We will follow with interest. Division four. Now, Matt, this is very much your your terrain um, r- rather than uh, Sal and ours. Although having said that, the history of Division four is is one that Sal and I know reasonably. Division four used to be the, uh, the top flight of the Middlesex Championship. Now, the Middlesex Char- Championship is, for those who are not aware, it is um, the league that is directly below the Middlesex County League. I mean, in, in ECB language, it's part of the pyramid, but it's not really a pyramid in Middlesex because it's just more like a ladder um, and so the winners of the Middlesex Championship um, up until about 10 years ago certainly would apply to join the County League and then they may or may not be accepted to, to, to come in. Um, that's now changed uh, and, and the Championship has, uh, is becoming integrated into the County League and that started with the renaming of the uh, Division 1 of the Championship into Division 4 and it's looking like a decent league, Matt. Matt, what have you made of it so far? Yeah, it's um, it's been really, um, I've been really impressed how uh, all the clubs have uh, fronted up, and um, it, it's quite a difficult league to call. In that, um, there's no real outstanding results in the first round, and and where the game sat after the second round when we had rain, they're all pretty even. So, um, yeah, we're. All the clubs, I think I can speak on behalf of all the clubs, have been um, really happy to be part of the, the County League. and um, it, it, It's fantastic to see the results and live scores go up uh, on Saturday afternoons and makes it a lot easier to follow. So, um, yeah, we've been we've really enjoyed being part of it. That's great to hear. And, and it really is, I, I think, great, great to have the Championship on board. I mean, I, I've said for many years that the standard of cricket in the Championship was I would say, higher than many people in the county league would actually give it credit for. And having played in it myself, I think there was a lot of people underestimated championship sides. And of course, you know, we all know a lot, a lot of those championship sides of yesteryear have, have gone quite a long way. You know, Crouch End, the most obvious example. But Highgate have spent time in the top flight. Acton have. Obviously, Michael Twickenham's gone down that route. So some good cricket played there. Um, are you going to stick your neck out for us, Matt, and tell us which side you think we should keep an eye on? Actonians, obviously, your club. But apart from Actonians, <laughs> who else do you think is worth keeping an eye yeah, on? Yeah, I think, I think, I think Kenton is certainly going to be up there. Uh, they won 15 of the okay. uh, 18 games last year. Um, so they'll be strong. Um, Ealing Trailfinders, uh, brand new club. They look like um, they've recruited well and got some good players uh, in, in their side. Um, and yeah, Actonians, we had a really poor year last year, but again, we've recruited quite well and, um, we managed to get Sarge Mahmood in as our, our junior coach and he's going to play a few games for us as well. So, um, that wow. would be fantastic as well. So, um, and, and good for promoting our club and the, and the league as a whole. Absolutely. And, and what, what goes on below Division 4, Matt? Can you talk to us a bit about the cricket that's played there? Yeah, so um, the championship, they have four divisions um, of first and second 11 cricket. Um, I think in the past they've had, they've had more divisions than that. Um, but, yeah, most of the clubs are, are just one or two team clubs. They don't generally have Colts as such, um, but they make up of that in their enthusiasm. 
Um, yeah, plenty of good cricketers down there. Most of the clubs are based around the Harrow area, really, um, and they're ma- mainly on, on council grounds in that area. Um, you got the odd club in North London and, and Southwest London, um, but yeah, you'll see some you'll see some good cricket down there as well. And obviously, they'll be yeah they'll become more integrated into the county league yeah. uh, as we go on, potentially yep. not next but year, no, but I maybe was... the year after. But I always find there was a tension, and I don't mean that in a negative way necessarily, but there's, there's, there's two different types of clubs there, aren't there? And I always yes. felt there was clubs like, like Actonians, there's clubs like yes. Kenton, who run lots of teams, um, well-run clubs. You know, you, you know, always enjoy going to Actonians. Tees were always very good at Actonians. That's one thing I definitely remember. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that's not changed. Um, but good clubs, junior networks, well-run, often part of bigger entities, you know, Actonian is a, is a football club as well and a, and a rugby club. Um, yeah. And then there was other clubs which were sort of more like groups of guys who, who got together, would find a pitch sort of anywhere, um, and then they, would, they yeah. would develop as a group of 15 people. And that meant that there wasn't really that much infrastructure. But, I mean, Sal will remember Birkbeck College mm. 10 years ago. They, were a ser- they had a serious group of players, very yeah. hard to beat. But, but no real um, expectations of ever going through the leagues. And I, I guess that sort of tension's mm. still there, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, in the Division 4 clubs, if you look at the clubs that are involved, um, you know, most of them are established clubs. Like our club is 100 years old in a couple of years' time. Um, yep. And uh, we've had our own permanent ground for about 50 years. You know, we've got a burgeoning cult section of about 150 cults. So, um, you know, we, we always see ourselves looking more like a, a county league side in that respect because because of that yeah. we got a ladies team as well well you're right and in, in, in some of these clubs they'll just run one or two sides uh, they might survive for five years and then um, someone will go home or um, something happens and uh, then they disappear or they join another club so yeah it was it was a tricky league and and um, you had sort of these two sort of groups of clubs with Different uh, interests and uh, and ideas about about the game. Yeah, I mean, Sal, you played a lot of cricket in there, much as I did in in the championship. What what are your memories of that of the of the, of the cricket that you played on the field? Because I say I, I remember the standard being, I think, better than many in, many might expect. Is that the way you remember it? Most definitely, a very very tough league. As you mentioned, obviously, you, you had certain clubs who have no sort of real. I don't know, sort of pathway in how they want to develop as a club. So it might just be two 11s full of mates who, who played cricket for quite a few years. And I mean, obviously, sometimes the wickets weren't so great either. You may have a question of one pairing taking place as well. So put that all together in the mix. It's, it was never easy uh, to actually get promotion. But what you did see is, you know, the clubs that did come out of those leagues obviously thrived and moved up the ladder as quick as they could, really. Like, you know, you're a great example of that. And so obviously, Crouch at the moment. Uh, yes, yeah, so I mean it's 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 a good, it's a good league. It's a tough league. You learn a lot playing in the in the championship about your own game and developing as a cricket as well. That's right, most definitely. It hardens yeah, you, you up for anything else you'll come across later on in life. Talking from personal experience, anyway. Yeah, and all the yeah, and all the clubs that have come up, they've yeah, like you say, they've all all done really well, and they haven't dropped back down into the championship. They've um, become really sustainable, good county league sides, likes of Acton and. Twickenham and yourselves, North London, Indian Gymkhana, um, Jim Six Towns, yeah, yeah, so Osterley. Osterley as well, yeah, yeah, they've come through that pathway and become pretty uh, reasonable, sustainable entities in their own um, their own right. Absolutely, and I know you've been doing a bit of thinking about 
other clubs, other Middlesex clubs that don't play Middlesex, Robbo, right? You, you've been you've been doing a bit, yeah. you know, sort of looking around, and 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 you got some thoughts on that. Do you want to do you want to just talk to us about where you've gone there? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of the cricket badger of me. We looked at some of the clubs uh, that play their cricket or based in Middlesex, but play their cricket in other leagues uh, outside um, of Middlesex. Um, and if you look into if you look in North London and South West London, um, you'll find you'll find many clubs. Um, in North London, you've got the likes of uh, Botany Bay and Old Camdenians, uh, North Enfield, and then um, North West London, the likes of Northwood Town and, and Northward. And, and then if you go to the West and, and South West, the likes of Hampton McRoyal, who previously played in the County League, and Kew, Hayes. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of clubs um, that would be about the standard of, uh, I would say, Division Three and Division Four clubs. Um, that play their cricket outside, and um, you know, if we truly, my 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 perspective is always if you know, if we truly want to be a Middlesex league, uh, let's get those clubs back in, and uh, uh, yeah, let's let's get yeah, let's make it a truly Middlesex league. Let's find a way of doing it. And what, why do you think those twenty five plus clubs don't come back? Is, is, there, is there any sort of specific reasons that you you think are behind this not happening? I think a lot of the time, um, a lot of these clubs really enjoy their trip out to Newbury or they enjoy their trip, yeah. you know, up the M1 in Hertfordshire and they play play the same teams and uh, play at really nice picturesque grounds. And not to say we don't have that in Middlesex because we do have some uh, very uh, picturesque uh, and nice, nice mm. facilities as well. But I think it's more historical than anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's, that's probably the main reason. But it'd be, it'd be nice to uh, open that conversation up and, uh, and yeah, expand, expand the league and, and bring in more clubs. It's always nice playing new clubs. Always get excited if you go to, go to a new place. So, um, yeah, why, why not do it? I mean, one, one issue may have been that the clubs obviously can't field free 11s um, in terms of playing personnel. And obviously, that's something that the, the league do sort of impress upon in in the MCCL, mm. having lost players who maybe gone to other clubs. I know Botany Bay was in Hertfordshire League, and I think they still are now. They had some um, years where they rose in, into the Premier, and they had a loads of players leave, and now they're struggling. I think at the moment. So I think it may just be one of the reasons could be that these clubs obviously can't fulfil putting out three levels a week in, week out, which could be a reason why they enter leagues such as the Hartsey, where they've got a massive pyramid of where you can slot your size into without having to worry about having free elevens, for instance. I think the same could be for the Thames Valley as well. Mm. That could be one explanation to, to maybe why we, yes. you know, yes. so you look at those both both leagues, they've got probably around, I don't know, maybe 25 leagues where you have, you know, a third eleven playing against the first eleven of a club, for instance. Um, it's all based on sort of promotion mm. um, rather than where we're obviously, we've got a ones league, a twos league and a threes league. That could be a reason why, you know, we, we don't have those clubs no longer within yeah. our league. Yeah. Third tier now, though. It's like, uh, sorry, it's, it's third tier. Yeah, thirds, fourths, and fifths in the same in the same league. But I take your point. It's a, it's definitely not for seconds and first elevens. Yeah, sorry, Robo, dive in. Yeah, there's no reason why it can't be uh, regionalised as well because you have probably got seven or eight clubs in uh, North London who play in the Hertfordshire League. So there's no reason why the likes of Southgate, Adelaide, and all those clubs could play as a league. Uh, and then all the the Southwest clubs, uh, the Hampton Royals, Hampton Hill, and Kew, and those sorts of clubs. Bringing in the likes of Chiswick and ourselves, you, you could have almost two regional leagues at that at that division four, division five level. Uh, level. So there's ways and ways and means of doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair call. I mean, we've got I think the two the two issues as far as I can see. One is that um, 
the getting clubs to jump leagues is is a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. Getting, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you've probably got 10, 15, 20, 30 years in, in a given league and just say, oh, come and join us. You know, I, I think the, the package that we offer has got to be really attractive. And, you know, yeah. saying that we'll create a Division 5, I mean, I, I'm just, I've got no idea. This is what the league has said. But I assume they'll say something like, we'll create a Division 5. We'll get another 10 leagues. It'll be great. Another 10 teams. They might think, well, I'd rather stay where I am in the Thames Valley League and know what's going on and take a risk of being stuck on the North Circular every other week, going to grounds I don't like very much. Um, and that might be totally unfair, but I suspect it's what, what a lot think. So I think we'll have to do a bit of work if we were going to do that expanding. But if you don't try, you don't get, right? I guess that's the logic that you're, you're buying into here, Robert, yeah? When you've got a man like Paul Smith on the, on the case, I think anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an interesting comment, but I totally get what you mean. Um, Paul's someone to talk to about things like this. He has a lot of experience because, of course, his club, Ickenham, moved away from Middlesex. So he'll have a lot of value added to to give to that. Um, But I also think, ultimately, the the, the problem we've got is that our our league is structured a bit differently, I think, to to many other leagues. And Sal's Sal's hit the nail on the head there. And we did have discussions. Chris Goldie from Richmond always talked about this, about going down the Thames Valley route. But I personally don't don't like that at all. I think that really helps the strong clubs because the strong clubs can say, "Come and play for us, play for our thirds, and you'll play X, Y, Z's firsts. You know, so the bigger clubs just get stronger and stronger and stronger because they can offer really good cricket right the way down to their their, their thirds, fourths, and even fifths. So I think the structure of our league means it's a bit harder for us to to, to, to make this sort of jump. But it's not impossible. It's something that that, that, that maybe we should think a bit more about. Guys, I was going to move on to the other divisions. I, um, it's a similar sort of story in terms of um, rain, obviously hitting the county everywhere. But we did get some results in, in a few places. Um, five of the 20 uh, games that the twos were involved in, uh, so second 11 teams, were completed. Um, and I noticed one of them, Robbo, was Actonians. Uh, Actonians managed to get 73 overs in, which is quite impressive given given the weather, against Besborough, and, and I think they won. Um, what happened there? Do you, can you give us much of a lowdown? Yeah, I saw, I saw a bit of the uh, game. I was just driving around, checking out some of the Division 4 games on Saturday, and then uh, my house is uh, quite close to our club, and I drove past thinking uh, covers will be on, game's off, and uh, sure enough, the uh, everyone's out there playing. So I called in there, and uh, yeah, I found out, yeah, we just had two sort of really understanding uh, umpires, and the players were keen, and uh, I think everyone just thought, let's let's just let's just carry on, um, which is which is really good. We also had uh, a number of our, our ladies team were down there because we've uh, we've just uh, uh, one of our ladies has, has just started playing in our second eleven. She took four wickets last week, so they're all down there supporting her. So and they they had a had a few beers, so they were getting pretty excited. So uh, we, we didn't want to disappoint them either. So. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, definitely no microclimate or anything in, in Actonians. It's just uh, <laughs> get 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 the game on and uh, worry about the consequences later. So, uh, yeah, luckily okay. I don't have to deal with the groundsman. Someone else can. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? That's a problem. And certainly ones and twos, I think, higher up the, the groundsman and, and the umpires might, might not have let it go that far. But having said that, yeah. You know, um, it's up to the people there to make the decisions as to what's appropriate on the day. So, and it didn't go under hundred overs. It was it was about seventy overs, I think, wasn't it? That, uh, That's right. Yeah, uh, that we yeah, needed. Yeah. So they went yep. off and on a bit. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, there were two other interesting results. I wanted to flag up in in the second eleven games, guys. They caught me as well. They caught me on the hop, and I don't know if you you picked up on this, but 
Um, Uxbridge played Barnes in um, in Division Three, I think it is, of the second eleven. And I noticed that Barnes won, and and I I didn't really understand it. Did you see this, Sal? Uxbridge were 196 for eight off 45, and Barnes were 91 for one off 15. Yeah, they won by one rate. Well, yeah. Now I I was a bit puzzled by that because I thought, well, you've got to have 20 overs to have a game, right? Mm, And yet they won by run rate. Did did that that thought occur to you? Yeah, that's a good. You know, I thought if you don't get 20 overs. It's one point each, you know. Or, or they may have had twenty overs left in the game, but they got their runs in fifteen overs. Yes, the target that, that, that it's, it's sort it's sort of that. And there's a second game that's in the same position. I'll just just mention that one quickly as well. And that's that Ealing Trailfinders twos two hundred seven for six off forty five. Wickham House one hundred twenty four for six off nineteen point two. Wickham House win by four wickets. And I'm thinking I don't get it. I assumed it had rained in that case after nineteen point two overs. And therefore, it would be one point each. But it wasn't that at all. Um, they had rain earlier on, I think after or during the tea break, right? And so they had a, um, a target that was revised and they simply reached the target um, that they needed to get. And yeah. it just so happened that in, in Wickham House's case, it was 19.2 overs. Now, I, I think a couple of other people were a bit foxed by that because I just assumed from what I'd read that if you don't get to 20 overs, it's one point each, not enough overs in the game. But of course, if you reach the target that's been set, the revised yeah. target, and you simply win the game. So um, maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm the only sad badger that, that saw these saw these and thought that's a bit odd. Maybe but, um, um, but it's th- there must have been. I can't be I can't be the saddest man in Middlesex. What a moniker that would be. Um, but certainly I I saw that and I, I thought yeah that that's an odd one. I might need some explaining. So of course they had a revised target that was much lower than what they were going for, and they simply got it. Uh, and that's why the, the twenty overs thing uh, didn't come into play. Um, if we look at the third tier. Four results in the third tier, so five in the five in the second tier, only four in the third, um, and at least one of them, maybe more, was on a Sunday um, because, of course, we can play third tier games on Sundays now to play on on the main um, play on the main squares of some of our, our senior clubs, and and I was actually involved in that one. That was Twickenham against Shepherd's Bush, good game. Uh, went down to the the last couple of balls, and, and Shepherd's Bush won. Um, they won actually, but they needed four to win off the last three balls, and our bowler, poor old. Bowl. I'm not going to men- mention his name. He managed to come up with five wides. So that was that. Um, so what could have been a, a, a tie, um, unfortunately, that never got that far. So so that, that's why one of the games finished. It was a Sunday. Um, shortest game of the weekend, folks. Don't know if you picked up on this one. Um, Middlesex uh, Tamils, 48 all out. And Aust- uh, thirds and Austerly thirds knocked them off uh, within a double quick time, 25 overs in the whole game. So um, if it's going to rain, do things quickly. And Austerly threes have definitely uh, benefited from that. So much for the cricket last Saturday. There wasn't a lot of it, um, but the bits that there were, we have covered in quite some depth. Um, moving forward, Sal, League Cup weekend is on us. Um, talk to us about that. What, what, what do you think is going to happen there? Sure. So this year, there's a, there's a new format. Uh, the League Cup is actually there's two cups. So you've got League Cup 1 and you have a League Cup 2. League Cup 1 is mainly for Premier sides and a couple of Div 2 sides. Um, um, Hampstead and I think it's Shepherds Bush are not taking part this year. And then the League Cup 2, again, is for sides uh, in Div 2, Div 3, and Div 4. So we'd have two winners this year of the Cup, which is actually quite good. Makes it more of an interesting competition to see who will come out on top in both formats. And this weekend, we have actually some interesting games. We've got one through playing House St. Mary's. And Stanmore and Crouch in, mm. in the main in the league in the Cup One as you call it, and in 
Cup 2, we have some ties. We've got North London playing AP, Harrowbury, Kenton, Acton playing Tower Hamlets, Wickham House against the Trail Finals, Mealing, and Southgate playing South Hampstead. Uh, yeah, so that should be okay. Yeah, a shortened version this year. First up, got yeah. I've just unilaterally decided we've got to have a competition on the pod to name these cups. We can't call them League Cup One and League Cup Two, surely. You got you got to think of something <laughs> more sexy than that. Yeah, give that to the listeners, maybe they can come with some ideas for us. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, Matt, are Actonians involved in one of the League Cups in one of the later rounds or not? No, we yeah we're, we're not on it this year. Um, for us, because we've got the ladies team on a Sunday, um, and we've got some uh, established fixtures on Sundays as well. Um, yeah, we we decided against it. Um, so yeah, we're not we're not we're not in it. Uh, hopefully, again we'll um, pick it up again next year. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I totally get it, and get expecting people to be available, or, or you know, your best players to be available Saturday and Sundays is a big ask in this day and age. So I think a lot of clubs are, will have weighed up the pros and cons of getting involved in that. But you, you guys are involved in the MDL, right? And the MDL's kicked off. Um, has, has that gone well? Yeah, we're, we're taking part. So we're in, we're in our group with, I think it's Hornsey, Highgate and Stoke Newington in, in a group of four. I think the format this year, again, is um, four groups of four. I imagine it'll be the top two going through some kind of quarterfinals in the semi and the final. And your, I know your club's involved as well. Is that correct, Dan? You're in a, in a group as well? Um, I think we're... I think we're formally still involved, but um, it, for all practical reasons, uh, I think two resounding defeats means we're probably done. But um, but yeah, yeah, our young guys are involved and they're getting, you know, they're, they're, I think they're enjoying it. Although I think there was 50 wides at Barnes yesterday. I think there was certainly a lot of wides. So um, I think that what we were talking about last week, Sal, bowling straight would be good. Team and I think well, they, in that format, oh, they keep me up at night, mate. They really do. Um, yeah, but yeah, so we're involved, and it's a great tournament, and we've 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 had different approaches to it. Um, some of them more constructive than others. We we had a couple of years where we we put out sides that were too strong, and we learned from that. And now we well, now we probably put up sides that are too weak, but they're all 17, 18, 19 year olds, so they're, they're you know they're getting they're getting plenty out of it. Um, and any thoughts on on going back to the League Cup there, Sal? On who might be worth keeping an eye on? I guess it's hard to know it's what the availability is going to be. Yeah. Like. I mean, again, it come, obviously you have MDL games clashing with the with the League Cup matches well on Sundays. So you know what, who's going to prioritise what? What's the priority? Uh, again, availability. How many yeah. players are going to play play both days? If, if you're looking at League Cup one, you know the big guns are there. You know you guys are there. Tellington are there. Ealing are there. Richmond are there. North Middlesex are there. You know if they're going to have players we want to play on Saturdays as well, along with their Saturdays, sorry, Sundays, excuse me, then it, they're going to be some great games and there'll be some hard hard games as well. Uh, yeah, as I said, it depends on who's available, what kind of teams they're going to put out, um, see, see how things go. Yeah, I mean, that seems a, a fair call, um, keep an eye on things moving forward. Um, you mentioned there, Rob, about, about the ladies' 11 at Actonians. And, and uh, I think ladies' cricket's gone through quite a tough time of it in the last couple of years. I know that the Twickenham ladies have, have changed leagues. They, they've struggled to get fixtures of the requisite standard. I mean, our team has been, has been, has had a number of quite good players and a number of players who are just starting out, literally learning the game from scratch. I mean, is, is that, is that something that's happened to Actonians as well? How, how have your ladies fared? Yeah, sort of similar experience at Actonians. Um, yeah, we don't have a massive uh, pool of women to, to call upon. So, um, you'll have your established players, uh, women who have played for Middlesex and and and, out, and else, and um, come through the the junior section. So they they're good cricketers. They understand the game. And then 
then you might get, for instance, we had an um, American girl that just turned up at the club a few years ago, had this romantic view of cricket and wanted to give it a go. So you've got, you've got all in sundry, right, sure. really. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got all, all in sundry playing in the leagues. But it has had a bit of a, a tough time time of it. Because um, my understanding of women's cricket in Middlesex is that there was only ever three clubs, and that was uh, uh, the oldest. And, and also they weren't affiliated to men's club clubs up until say 10 years ago so you had riverview yeah. down in uh twickenham you had duke's mead and uh chiswick and you had gunnersbury i think they call themselves in Ealing. and so the last 10 yeah. years gunnersbury's gone to finchley uh duke's mead's come back to Onions, and riverview have gone to twickenham so um yeah, yeah you got those three clubs obviously um finchley being national champions i think in the past as well but then you've got all these new clubs that uh, have started their uh, women's sections from scratch, like it's in North London, so you probably know a bit about that. Um, and clubs close to us, like Sevilling uh, and your Richmonds and, and, and those clubs as well have started from scratch. But again, even those big clubs have, have found it tough just to bring the girls through to a, to a lady standard. So, um, yeah, it hasn't all been singing and dancing. Um, but the ladies are, are, are keen and um, they want to push along the game, so uh, long may it uh, carry on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sal, what's the broader picture with women's cricket in Middlesex? I know you've looked into this a little bit. I mean, do we think Middlesex's ladies' teams are in a, in a comparatively strong place or, or, or what's the general view? Any idea? I mean, I'll give a quick insight into this because I actually umpired the ladies' game yesterday at our club. Um, but the, oh, right. there's actually there's a Middlesex Cricket Women's League this year, which our club's taking part in. You've got two groups. You've got a Group A and a Group B, um, Matt's Club, Bushy Park, Ealing and Nickham in Group A. And you've got Finchley, Hampstead, Harrison, Mary's North London in Group B. Um, they can play from anything from 20 hours to 40 hours per innings. It's down to, to the clubs itself to decide. Um, two groups of four, and then, then there'll be a, be a final in, 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 in September. The game I'm part of is how St. Mary's are playing against our, our ladies. To be honest with you, it, it really uh, pleasantly surprised me, standard. Um, Harris Edmonds had three county players playing for them who I would say would probably walk into our third level at North London and and hold their own comfortably. Uh, and we've we've got a young girl who played for was in, on England's sort of radar a few years back and called Millie, Millie Pope who, who batted fantastically again. She's played two cricket at North London before as well. And, and the age from our side range from under 13 up to senior, so we've got a young girl who's, done, who's under thirteen, who's at Middlesex, and she's been training with their with the women's section. So it's, I think it's really healthy. It's really, it's really, really good to see that. So the level of, of cricket yesterday. And the most, the most enjoyable thing for me yesterday was there wasn't any animosity at all. There was no sort of tension. No, you know, some of the stuff you might hear in men's cricket. They all just played with a massive smile on their faces. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Really encouraging each other. All just being polite to each other, which something you know, which almost I feel sometimes lost in this in in, in the men's sort of side of the game. But yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I, th- I think it's in a good position. As I said, watching the standard of cricket yesterday was was great, and just the very ages as well was, was was brilliant. You know, you've got a group of, of ladies and, and girls just mixing together on a Sunday, getting on well with each other, and actually playing some good cricket as well, which is you know, uh, which is which is really promising for for Middlesex itself as as a, as a county. So well done to anyone involved in in the clubs who do all the hard work behind the scenes and I'm sure it's going to continue sort of growing and developing as we go on. I think that's great. I didn't realise that there was, there was two divisions to the Middlesex League and I know 
I know Twickenham looks out. They, they played in the Surrey Slam yesterday, um, and, and the Twickenham ladies t- t- tend to go into you know into Surrey for their fixtures. But um, but but I think I think it's great that the you know there's there's so much of it about. And how many games do they play in this year? Then Southside just run so it's six or seven games each. They, they play home, home and away, so okay. they play each other home and away. Um, so six games in total, and obviously if they progress to the final next game. Just to add as well, that I know that Crouch and Harrow, Richmond and St. Newington all are playing friendlies at the moment in order to enter the, to enter the league next year. So again, that would obviously increase the numbers, hopefully, uh, in terms of uh, how many teams are, are, or clubs are yeah. participating on, on the general level. But yeah, honestly, I, 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 I would definitely recommend anyone if you're passing by, ever your home club there's a game on and just pop in and watch it. It's really refreshing and you'll enjoy it thoroughly. Well, that sounds great. And just two things very quickly I'd add on that. First of all, these fixtures are local and that, that's a, a massive plus because I remember seven or eight years ago when, when the T's were playing in uh, in the Southern League and I, I spoke to, to the captain of the women's side. I said, oh, are you playing tomorrow? And she said, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, where are you? Anywhere? Anywhere nice? She said, yeah, Hastings. And I saw blinking egg. <laughs> you know, and that was a league game. You know, Hastings away. And, and yeah, she said, that's, that, that's the sort of thing we have to do. And then I think they had to go, well well into Hertfordshire the other way so I mean that's that's a lot of travelling for women's cricket so I'm glad that seems to have been reorganised out of it a bit that's great and the same thing was more that um, it, I don't know I think people, I think women's cricket still just goes massively under the radar because there was there was a brilliant conversation a couple of years ago on, on the veranda at Twickenham where one of our guys said that the first team scorer Carol Bryant he said oh Carol what, what do you want Sundays Carol and Carol said, "Oh, yeah, I score. Obviously, score for the Twickenham side." And 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 so, well, you know, you, you, you're scoring tomorrow, then are you for the Twickenham ladies? He says, no, they got a game, but no, I'm scoring a World Cup final tomorrow between England and India. And I was like, "What? Oh yeah." <laughs> and 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 she was, and 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 I just thought maybe blokes would have said, you know, would have been blowing their own trumpet a bit, you know. But she, she you know, no, no big deal. Carol just said, "No, tomorrow, yeah, off to Lords, early doors." Women's World Cup final between England and India, and she was in the box. And I just thought it was brilliant. I just thought it was a, a great example of the way that w- women's cricket is not is not really on the radar in, in in the way that it perhaps could be. So, Robert, did you have any ideas about moving forward? With that I know I know that you've sort of taken an interest in this about the way that the women's league m- might be shaped in the future. Yeah, for, for me, um, uh, there's no reason why they, they can't be part of the uh, Middlesex County League. I think. Um, Essex have done that. I've integrated their uh, ladies' competition uh, into the, mm. the Essex League. So uh, there's no reason why we, we couldn't do it in, in Middlesex. Um, Marilyn Smith, who's on the Middlesex board and, and uh, scores at our club, um, yeah. she's the chairman of, of, of that, that league. So, um, yeah, I think um, if we get some conversations going, it'd be, it'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah. It certainly uh, will help interesting... around the, the organisation and things that, that goes into it, yeah. Interesting idea. Yeah, interesting idea. It'd be good to have a few um, females at the end of season dinner, I suppose, as well, because uh, normally it's just all males, isn't it? <laughs> well, there's certainly an imbalance. Let's put it that way. There's certainly an imbalance. Um, or, or most clubs I've you know, ever spoken to about such things. Um, guys, even though there's been no cricket, we, we've, um, we've run over our normal half hour here, which is thoroughly to be expected with three cricket badgers chatting about cricket. But, um, but before we round up, anything else you want to throw in? Sal, anything that catches your eye or has caught your eye this week? Oh, no, this is actually some admin from Paul Smith. He okay. just asked to mention that um, when, 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 when marking any rain-affected matches, it obviously goes out to all the people who deal with the admin and put, put the results in. Can they please look out for the extra boxes that pop up and also fill them in? makes his life a lot easier. Okay, that's slightly coded for those who don't really do the admin. But yeah, basically, I get it. Right. 
you know, don't don't neglect the admin. They'll pass it on to those either. Yeah, when when there's really yeah. affected matches. Um, we also had a couple of trivia questions that we, we that have come up here, Sal. I don't know. There was one about um, Kai Chen, wasn't there? Kai Chen have had a, a remarkably strong record at home. Is that right? And we, we would. Do you want to talk us through where we went with that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, at all. So I'm, I'm just looking at some results as being a badger that I am. And um, Crouch and I have got a very good home record. I think they've lost once, actually twice in the last two years at home. So I was wondering if Paul can. I'm obviously, you know. Or anybody else. Any miracles here, Paul. But or, anyone can. Yeah. or anyone else exactly can come up with the longest unbeaten um, running the league at home without getting beaten. Yeah. How many games is it? I mean, I'd like to know. How anywhere? If anyone's got any cricket and experiences of ridiculously impressive unbeaten runs, um, either at home or anywhere else, because I, I bet there's some. Yeah, it could be all together. Yeah, yeah I yeah, bet there's yeah, some definitely. crazy statistics that that could come up there. Um, cool. I mean, and one occurred to me that, of course, it you know, lots of teams rained off this weekend, but I was just wondering if there's ever you know we could say anything about which teams have been particularly unlucky with with rained off games. And I wonder if there's any way of knowing. Um, who's had the longest run of rained off games ever? Has anybody ever had 10 games on the bounce rained off? I mean, that seems implausible to me, but, you know, British weather being what it is, who knows? Maybe there's, maybe there's some, someone out there who can tell us a story about, about you know, a bonkers run of, of, of abandoned games. We're all ears. We'd love to hear it if anyone's got the, got the information I, I heard of a, on that. I heard of a guy um, who played up in Scotland and oh, you can end uh, it right there. The, I mean, like, yeah, whole season <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, had, he played six six league games in the season. You reckon? And he said oh, it was wow. that bad. He had one summer. I can't remember when it was, but uh, so hopefully, no worse than that. With six games in a season, what, what yeah. was the season? Eighteen games. It could be even longer. You know, some some leagues have twenty two games. Wow. Yeah, I think it was wow. an eighteen league season. Yeah, yeah, eighteen week league season. That's that's a tough hit. That's a tough hit. That's a lot of card games in the pavilion. Then. Absolutely. Um, cool. Guys, thanks very much for your time and your input. Obviously, we'll be back next week to talk about, hopefully, rather more cricket than we had this week. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, then please do drop us a line. Do, do look us up on Twitter. Um, as I'm always told to say, you know, if you like what we do, then, um, you know, a, a nice tick on, on t- t- in your, uh, uh, for your podcast provider saying that you, you think our pod is worth listening to would be much appreciated. Um, And as I say, we'll see everybody same time, same place next week. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, guys. Cheers.